Hello, you beautiful beings. This is Solana Tara, your host for A Call to Awaken. And today we have a special guest, Jim Coffey, who had COVID and the nurses said that he was lucky to be alive. He was in critical care. And this is part one of the interview and he shares his belief in how he was saved. He also shares how he saw his deceased brother and other things and experiences he had while he was what we call in the unconscious realm. So here's Jim. Okay, so the first question I want to know if you remember anything about your experience when you were seemingly unconscious. Seemingly unconscious. So looking back now, it seemed like a dream. But when I was in it, it was real. Like real, real. And I call it the fifth dimension. It was. What do you mean was, by that? Well, it's another dimension besides the four dimensions we live in now. We got, you know, um, we have a three-dimensional world plus time, which is four. The fifth dimension is a dimension beyond this this realm that we live in. So it, it, it was, well, the fifth, sixth, seventh, I don't know. It's, it's some dimension other than this. And it was very real, but I was still connected uh, more more auditor, auditorily than than visually, because um, I can remember times when Max would say, "Dad, you look good," and I, I'm, I would say to myself, "Well, if I look good, why can't I move my head? And what the hell's going on here? You know, I just I can't move." So, um, and then there was these little little like squares that I would see uh, Max and Grace as they were talking to me. The, the nurse, I guess these were moments when I was in and out of, uh, they had me on fentanyl and propanol and, you know, all that stuff. I didn't code out. I didn't, I didn't but I was a thread away from dying. In fact, they even wrote in my report. They said, this guy is lucky to be alive. Is what? Actually, lucky to be alive. Wow. Right. They actually wrote that in the report. <laughs> and so, just so, excuse me, so for people who yeah. don't know, who is Max and Grace? Okay, so Max is my son, and, and Grace is my wife. Okay. And Max lives in Alaska, and he flew back down to see, you know, Dad in Florida. So they went through the whole 17 days that I was on the ventilator. I didn't know I was on the ventilator. I was in this other world. For 17 so, days? Yeah. Wow. 17 days. And they kept taking me in and out of sedation, trying to synchronize the, the ventilator with my breathing. And I wasn't cooperating. So they would have but me. You didn't, your experience was that you weren't, co- you didn't have that, no. you weren't having that. What was your experience? Yeah, well, I'm going to get to that because my experience, it, it's interesting how it parallels what was actually going on. So, for example, um, uh, there was a there was a one segment where I was with the Queen of England and um, what's her husband's name? Not Philip. Is it Philip? I think it's Philip. So he's a pilot. This whole thing was around planes for some reason. I was in I was in a, a jet fighter plane that flew from Alaska down to Florida. Interesting. Max was flying here, you know. Uh, and then there was the, um, the experience I got out of the plane. I ended up, so it, it's kind of like dreaming where, you know, how you dream and you're in one place and you're in another place without having any kind of connection, the obvious connection. 
So now I'm in a boat and it's, it's the, it's their boat. It's the queen. It wasn't the queen Mary, but it was one of their boats. And I was in, in this uh, salon like area that had a couch and I didn't really see the queen, but the queen was like off to the side. And there was this worker who was a high level worker. She seemed to be from India, the country. And um, she, she hooked me with some sort of a, I don't know what the hell it was, but it was like Karari or something. It sort of immobilized me. Now I'm being, I'm being sedated on this stuff. And here's what's going on in my world, right? I get hit with this gal and, and I'm fighting and I'm going, and I had this, she had, I don't know how it ended up in my mouth, but it was like a, some sort of a root or a bark uh, that, they chew in Africa or down in South America, you know, and um, I got this, I can't get it out of my mouth. Well, I had tubes and everything down my throat. Oh, wow. So now it's interesting. She, she sewed me into the couch. Wow. And, and I'm like paralyzed. I'm like immobile here and I kept fighting it. And she turns to me and says, the more you resist, it persists. Wow. And I said, yeah, I know that. I know that. I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to give up fighting this thing. Wow. So now it, it all ties around these airplane flights. I was under, they kept bringing me in and bringing me out. So the last time, and they told my wife, Grace, they said, you know, I got to really be honest with you. Your wife, your, your husband is in critical condition and he's on life support. Because right before all that, she was, you know, calling everybody and getting everybody to pray and people were doing energy work. And it was just a lot of work being done, which I believe really made a huge difference. It actually was the difference that brought me back. So I get now get in this long flight. Now I'm flying, we're flying to the Bahamas. We're in Marsh Harbor. And then we're going taking this long flight on a bigger jet and we're flying to the Falkland Islands. So you see how it's all connected to England and everything. I don't know why. I have no idea why. Long flight, and, and it's just a boring kind of a hum sound that can put you, lull you to sleep. And I'm, I'm seeing instrumentation, and I'm seeing the map and where we're heading and all that. And my one of the nurses that worked with me a lot, she was there, but she was like sleeping. And it was a real long flight. So they put me under for 48 hours this time. And when I came back out of that flight, I came, I came to, we'll say I came to, and uh, nurses were asking me questions and, you know, trying to see if I was cognitive and all that, which I was. Wait, wait, now, wait, let me get, now you're having this experience actually in the 3D world. You actually did come up or is this still oh, in the yeah, dream? Yeah, yeah, I, I did come up. And what was interesting, everything was connected. It was like, okay, um, I'm not speaking. I got the tubes in my mouth and all that stuff. And I'm pretty much out of it. But cognitively, I'm sharp as a tech. Ah, I was calculating how long it was going to take to get the Falkland Islands and you know, why are we going here? And so, so let me just move forward a little bit so I can give you a little uh, uh, insight into what was, was happening as far as my location, where I was in my bed in the room 
had a view of the the Stewart uh, the water right there. The uh, what's that called? The, the what river that is? But it's a wide body of river where the bridge goes over. The Roosevelt Bridge goes over. <laughs> so I'm, I see that from time to time whenever I came out of uh, unconsciousness into this conscious world. And I would see the pictures of Max. And they had plastered all kinds of stuff all around. Max and Grace and different trips we've been on. And I'm looking and I'm just, you know, I'm analyzing the whole thing. So when I came out of the whole thing totally, and I'm going to come back again, but when I came out of the whole thing totally, now I'm conscious for a number of days and they're communicating to me. Uh, and I was, you know, eyelashes, fingers movement to say yes or no, you know, that kind of thing. So the one nurse was telling me that, hey, we're going to get you off the ventilator. We're going to get you off the ventilator. So it was like every day it was the same thing. We're going to get you off the ventilator. I was tired of hearing it. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, really. I was like, you know, at one point I, I put my middle finger up. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> so that was my communication. Like, cut it out. So they did get me off the ventilator. And it was very interesting. Now I'm, I'm, I'm awake and everything. So I've got a nurse on one side, nurse on the other side, uh, the, the, I guess the person who specializes in taking the ventilators out because they kept telling me, don't you pull it out yourself. Yeah, yeah. And then my doctor was standing, sort of sitting in front of me. And she says, I, I assume it was going to be a count of three. So she goes, one, two, and she pulls it out. I throw up, never lost my sense of humor. I turned and I said, because I knew my throat was going to be real scratchy. I said, Got a pack of luckies. <laughs> they didn't get it because they're too young. Most of them didn't get it. I said, all right, whatever. Lucky strike cigarettes. Yes. So now this is the interesting part. It's it's uh, later that day. I'm in my bed. I'm looking out, and I'm going, "Wow, that's Marsh Harbor." We've been to Marsh Harbor several times. And I wonder why we're in Marsh Harbor. Why is that? And I see the docks, some of the docks uh, are real long, like they are in Marsh Harbor, and, and there's no boats on it. But then there's the other areas that are built up. And I went, they had a hurricane there. How could this possibly be? So I said to the nurse, I said, why are we in Marsh, why are we in Marsh Harbor? She said, honey, we're in the Stewart, Florida. You're in the hospital here. You've been here for 22 days. And if you look out there, you'll see that's the Stewart Bridge out there. And I looked, and it wasn't like a big aha or anything. It was just sort of like, I accepted it. Okay, I made a mistake. Somehow I thought it was in Marsh Harbor. So this world that I was in when I was under, and um, and it was touch and go, I know. I, I know after the fact. Uh, it was so real. As real as real, I'm talking to you right now. Everything about it. And, and the way that the airplanes, well, there's an airport right there. And then Max flew in. And then there's this water. There was this connection. How, how my mind or spirit worked, connected to, to this physical world and this other world that I was in. It was just like thin lines of connections. Wow. Not much. Not much at all. Uh, I wasn't talking, but I was hearing and I, and I was, I was processing it. Um, there was a part where, where I was in Alaska and I was in this, uh, 
I was in this big semi truck. And there was this guy trying to get over on me, trying to like, he says, don't you realize you've got coronavirus? And, uh, and I'm going, yeah, that's bullshit. You know, I, I don't want to listen to that. And then I ended up on the plane flying down to Florida. Then it all became uh, pretty clear at that point. There was a section where my brother showed up. I was at a memorial in this other dimension. I'm at this memorial somewhere in Riviera Beach. I think it exists. I'm going to have to look and see if I can find it. Now, your brother passed away already. Yeah, he died uh, three years, uh, well, four years now. And it briefly, briefly shows up. And in his typical Joe manner, how he is, he was like dismissive and, you know, oh, you know uh, my son died, but he's off. He left. Okay. <laughs> Whatever that was about. I have no idea. Did you, how'd you feel when you saw your brother? I didn't really have much. It was all thinking. Thinking. I didn't do a lot of feeling. Interesting. Yeah. Um, of course, I'm analytic. I tend to be that way. Uh, and I've always had issues with feelings, which is, you know, childhood crap. That's another conversation. Whole different world. Uh, so I've been working on feelings. But I was really analyzing things and the uh, cognitive aspect of it, which is, again, interesting. They tested me. They did all these evaluations when I came out of all this stuff. Uh, I left the hospital. Went to, I was in a hospital for a month. And then I went to rehab, which was a little over three weeks. And uh, <laughs> when they first came in, the, the physical therapist, the occupational therapist, they, they came in to, to do an evaluation. Can you get up in bed, Mr. Coffey? Uh, yeah, let me just get up, get this side of the bed. And I said, I got to lay back down. You know, that, that was as much as I could do at that point. I had lost 45 pounds. Wow. I was just just a mess. I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. And they figured I was going to be there for six weeks, but I, I was out in three, three weeks and it was just a way of going. But the one gal came in and did a cognitive test. And uh, she says, you know, there's, it's really a pass fail, but we got to do these points. So she's adding them up and she goes, well, I've never seen a score that high before. There you go, folks. Part one with Jim Coffey, blessed to be alive, saved by the power of prayer, and having his question, which reality is real? What dimension are we living in? Stay tuned for part two.